Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Brown Pundits Browncast. Uh, today we have with us our regular guest, Major Aga Humayo Amin. As you know, uh, Major Amin is uh, ex-Pakistani military officer with the interest in military history, has written for many journals, written several books about the history of the Pakistan Army, and is a very well-informed person about uh, military affairs in general, the British Indian Army and the Pakistan Army in particular, and of course, uh, an expert about Afghanistan, where he has lived and worked for more than 20 years. Uh, so we did an episode with uh, Major Amin earlier, uh, a couple of months ago, about the aftermath of the American uh, defeat in Afghanistan. And uh, we thought uh, we will do an update today. Uh, we will start by asking Major Amin uh, what he thinks is, uh, what he wants to tell us about the current situation in Afghanistan. In, in his earlier episode, he had mentioned that uh, Afghanistan is sort of now a trap for its neighbors and other powers. Now that the United States has left, uh, it is, uh, it's a hot potato for them. Uh, and it seems to be turning out that way, but we'll ask Major Amin uh, what he thinks and what he would like to tell us about the situation in Afghanistan right now. Hello. Hello, yes. Yes, sir. Uh, so uh, I was asking if you can tell us about the situation in Afghanistan right now. Uh, the situation in Afghanistan is uh, unique and unprecedented in its uh, post-independence history. The first Afghan uh, state was created in 1747. And uh, the strangest part of the Afghan situation is that Afghanistan as a country has ceased to exist as far as an independent state is concerned and as far as political scientists can define a state. The Afghan state has ceased to exist and uh, it is a pathetic situation. But the problem is that the, uh, the puppet masters and the manipulators also uh, can get into uh, serious problems because uh, uh, riding on a tiger or a fan tiger is not a simple affair. So what is the situation on the ground? The Taliban have so-called government in Afghanistan. How much control does that government have? and what kind of performance are they showing? As far as control is concerned, uh, they have got weapons, they have got military power. So their control uh, is not different from the US control. The Americans and uh, the Allied forces were also controlling uh, Afghanistan through military power, the barrel of the gun and the gunship and the aircraft and the Taliban also controlling Afghanistan in the same manner. But this is a fluid and a dicey situation. And uh, it is not a stable situation. And as far as government is concerned, they have no government. Uh, they are total novices. They are using the same apparatus. You see, as far as the government is concerned, all Afghan governments, even the Americans, 
they were using the Soviet trained bureaucracy uh, all along. And the same is the case with the Taliban. They are using the same bureaucracy. Uh, naturally, they don't have uh, the expertise or the manpower and they cannot replace the old bureaucracy. The bureaucrats, the people managing the offices are the same. But uh, uh, the major issue uh, is the economy. Uh, if you study the history of Afghanistan, you will realize that uh, even during the Mughal era, the funds to manage uh, the Mughal uh, provinces of uh, Kabul and Kandahar, they were two Mughal, Mughal provinces. The funds to manage these two Mughal provinces, now large part of Afghanistan, had to be brought from the uh, Mughal districts of Wazirabad, Gujarat, Pasroor, and uh, Gujranwala. Even at that time, there were no funds. And for such a god for second place, that uh, funds had to be brought from outside. So now the major uh, issue is that uh, uh, it's a serious uh, case of financial instability. They have been cut off from the international uh, system of SWIFT code. And like Iran, they are a totally isolated state. I mean, Iranians can't uh, receive funds legally. They can't transfer them legally. They do it through crypto and Dubai and so many places. But uh, Afghan uh, Taliban situation, same as Iran. Like, you know, totally sanctioned and unable to uh, get any funds from abroad uh, through the banking means. Even if uh, the Pakistani state wants to help them, they will have to bring funds in, in trucks, you know, in containers, because uh, there is no way of transferring funds legally to Afghanistan through bank. Right, right. So that the current bureaucracy and the system that they are using or sort of uh, trying to use, how do they pay them? How do they give their salaries? What is going on with that? You see, the thing is that uh, in, in finances, in geopolitics, in, in strategy, things move very slowly. So this is just the, the beginning. And the... Um, the effects and the results will be clear uh, after December. Presently, uh, the European countries, the NATO countries who are printing Afghan currency have refused to uh, print currency. And the first uh, fiscal issue they are facing is that they will have to devise a new way of printing currency and Pakistan or any other state don't have the expertise to print the Afghan currency, which was adopted after the Bonn Agreement. So printing of new currency and, and even designing of new notes is going to be a major problem. Naturally, the Pakistanis who are managing the show, they are going to help them. But it is going to be a major challenge. And, you know, what to do with the old currency, uh, how to, you know, how to manage it, that can be a make or break thing, you know. It can either make them or destroy them, you know, because even the conversion of the old currency notes and everything. So right. it's a complicated affair. It's a massively complicated affair. Right. So right. things will be more clear in, in January next year. Right. Uh, at the moment, uh, they are in a flux and everybody is running very hard. All the states who want to help them or who have sponsored them uh, are trying very hard. But it's going to be very complicated. 
because pakistan has got its own very serious problems you know right pakistan has got a bu- pakistan has got a bunch of mullahs who are openly abusing the uh, senior army hierarchy and uh, using uh, uh, you know filthy words for them so for the first giant time you know the uh, sort of uh, you know the moral ascendancy and the the moral uh, uh, style of uh, you know producing uh, uh, shock and awe in the uh, in the populace which was you know first uh, successfully done by the british east india company that uh, you know that is like a bubble now is evaporating so in pakistan although you don't need to see the situation right uh, the the political mood and the the transformation is dangerous and whatever people call these uh, fifth columnists this tlp and all that that they are army sponsored or whatever you know i don't agree with this because these people are you know they are eroding the moral ascendancy of the pakistan army without which pakistan cannot last as a state so it is a dangerous situation right and these people have to be have to be dealt with very you know firmly right right no I, it's undoubtedly a very dangerous situation right now and as you said the moral force is the is the is at the heart of the issue uh, no state can function without it even though people ignore when things are going okay everybody ignores it it's there in the background it's like the water in which you swim and you know you don't even notice it but if it's gone then suddenly you realize that nothing will work anymore exactly exactly you have summed it up very clearly major uh, general nadeem ajaz mia nadeem ajaz who uh, was the director general military intelligence he summed it up in a conversation that this uh, process of rotting the institutions and erosion started during uh, general kiani's era because he started appeasing the uh, islamic extremists as well as the various other kinds of ethnic and you know sectarian and all kinds of mafias that appeasement started in the kiani era in 2008 and uh, major general mian nadeem ajaz he called it a you know it's a very interesting term he said this this is pussy footing and this pussy footing is dangerous and is going to be counterproductive so this has to be seen very clearly that if a person who was the director general of military intelligence is saying that it's a serious matter has to be taken seriously right and uh, this is you know i mean this is summing up from a very uh, responsible person right no i think that that is absolutely the case i mean i think the problem is that in pakistan very senior decision makers also sometimes lose sight of the fact that this country is a creation of the british raj it is that system which has kept this country going until now if you are going to definitely you are going to change that system into something different even better that's a separate issue people have done that in other countries but if you are just going to destroy the system nothing will be left uh, i totally agree with you and it is a very 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 fine summing up and here we are in total agreement so anyway that's what's happening in afghanistan uh, meanwhile on our side of the border what is the situation uh, of the you know there's daily ied attacks terrorism uh, what is this threat how serious is it and who are the actors there and what is the state's response to it uh, 
Mr. Murali, I want to sum it up very clearly, and I will sum it up very clearly in uh, maybe less than a minute. The Pakistani propaganda has been that uh, the this TTP in FATA and the Baloch uh, successionist groups are creation of raw. Uh, my honest and my sincere summing up is that both these uh, forces, TTP and the Baloch uh, successionist and the liberation movements or whatever you call them, or Pakistanis call them traitors or whatever, these are indigenous groups. They have no connection with RAW or CIA or anything. These are the creation of the follies and the uh, the wrong policies, the the myopic policies of the Pakistani state and the unjust actions of the Pakistani state. These are indigenous groups. And Operation Zarbe Azab was a total failure, a strategic failure, as I assessed in 2016. And as far as the below successionist groups are concerned, they are fully operational. Uh, FATA is seeing IED attacks, Balochistan is seeing attacks. There is no change. So the whole uh, false hypothesis and the false propaganda much trumpeted on the Pakistani media that these are the creations of raw and now that Afghanistan is uh, cleansed and you know raw has been removed, Afghanistan in Pakistani terms has been sanitized. So all these things will stop and it will be uh, like a paradise Pakistan, you know, no ID tax, nothing. This is totally misconceived and a totally false perception and these are indigenous movements and they are going on id attacks are going on the rahil sharif system of border control is a total failure because afghanistan and pakistan cannot have a visa regime they can have some other regime afghans can show their id cards at the border pakistanis can show the id cards at the border even Afghans can show the passports at the border and Pakistanis can make a copy of them. But this visa regime is a totally fraud regime. And even during General Zia's time, uh, Afghan uh, leftist regime generals who got injured or their families got injured, they were getting treated as Pakistan and they were coming without visa. So this whole Rahil Sharif border regime is a total failure. And uh, these are the dangers of uh, promoting the incompetent people uh, when you make an incompetent man the army chief a man who has not read history who doesn't know anything about history maybe is good in playing hockey so this is the situation and the id tax are going on everything is going on nothing has changed raw was always i maintained raw was a minor actor the major actor all along was the pakistani intelligence as well as the cia and iranian uh, uh, this Amniyat, they were very strong. These were the major intelligence agencies. Raw was there maybe, but you know, it, it was a Mickey Mouse player, you know, and could not play a decisive role. You know. And the major problem with Indians and the Pakistanis is that, that they are not decisive. They are half-hearted, they are vexillating, procrastinating, they are bad decision makers. And as far as you know, that the, both Indian and Pakistan armies have miserable failure in attack. They're very good in defense, which is a more dumb form of uh, war. So they're hopeless people. 
So what is the, uh, I know you mentioned before, uh, the role of Pakistani officials uh, in Afghanistan and how is that seen in Afghanistan by the Afghan people? See, the Pakistani officials are uh, naturally, uh, this, is the, this is the highest level of Pakistani control of Afghanistan. And, but it's a dangerous thing because Afghanistan is a, is a very unstable country, not because they're martial, but because it's a rugged place, there are no resources, there are too many places, there are more than 37 ethnic cities in Afghanistan, sub-tribes, castes, so many people. Uh, they, are, they are very serious players on Afghanistan borders, uh, the external players, who will not let anything or anyone stabilize anything. So Pakistanis, maybe at the moment they are uh, at the highest level of control in Afghanistan, but you know it's a dangerous situation and uh, I don't think this uh, Pakistani state can manage. They can't even manage Pakistan, how can they manage Afghanistan? And as far as the Afghan people are concerned, naturally they are in a state of shock. For the first time in Afghanistan's history, even during the Russian period, Soviet period, the Soviet Union gave the Afghans full autonomy. But now, you know, even uh, the movement on Kabul uh, Thorkham Road or movement on Kandar Semen Boldak Road is, you know, dictated. And Afghan people naturally are, are uh, resenting it. They can't do anything. But resentment will build up slowly into, you know, more serious political threats. So it's a bad situation and I don't think the Pakistani state can deliver. Nobody can deliver. Even Chinese, Russians, they can't deliver. It's a complicated situation, you know. So it's a difficult situation, obviously not at Pakistan's pay grade. But what about China? What kind of resources do they have or understanding do they have and what kind of chances do they have of actually doing these kinds of pseudo-imperialist interventions, you know, anywhere? Uh, Chinese are very, you know, they're mouse-brained people. They're not, uh, they not strategic thinkers. They're not uh, geopolitical thinkers. Okay, they have done very well, you know, uh, through the communist regime and everything, they have done very well. But as far as the international geopolitical rivalry is concerned, uh, geopolitics as defined by Mackinder and Mahan and all those people, uh, Chinese are Mickey Mouse, uh, you know, plays with myopic intellect. Chinese cannot stabilize Afghanistan because as far as Pakistan is concerned, it is a British creation with a, a custom-made system. So people are totally docile. You know, when the British East India Company came here, they disarmed the whole area. So people are totally castrated, disarmed, um, minus Balochistan and Fata. They are totally, you know, uh, they are like sheep. But as far as Afghanistan is concerned, more than 35 ethnicities, then the Afghanistan's neighbors, the proxy wars, uh, China will come to grief. They will be unable to make any impression in Afghanistan. Even in, in Pakistan and in Balochistan and everywhere, uh, Chinese are being attacked and it's not a, a stable situation. And the religious card is against the Chinese, you know, of course. So the Chinese uh, will be Mickey Mouse players in Afghanistan and they will come to grief. This is 200% uh, you know, my assessment. So <clears throat> we can move from here to the other side of the border. Uh, what is, uh, do you foresee any change in this India-Pakistan equation or this nonsense will status quo will continue forever or what is the situation on the ground there? Uh, the situation on the ground is that, uh, let me sum it up very carefully. The Pakistani propaganda has been 
and the media and all that and all kind of nonsense that uh, the root cause of all this problem is a man uh, uh, you know ex uh, tea maker tea stall owner mr modi this is the pakistani propaganda but this is nonsense actually extremism religious extremism started with this uh, kanada jal janazia uh, in, in 1977 that is where religious extremism started rss was a pent up force uh, rss had no relevance in india but in pakistan the kanar dajal started the religious movement the cia and the americans and saudi arabia and everybody they added fuel to fire so religious extremism started from pakistan and naturally the indians if pakistan uh, sneezes the indians develop you know flu and fever so religious extremism started from pakistan in 1977 and india later picked it up and congress which was a secular party uh, totally you know sidelined and marginalized and that is how these people came up and naturally uh, it's a strategic situation uh, just you know by removal of modi or anything uh, this is not going to change uh, this is going to be a long term affair and the status quo will continue and uh, let's be very frank about kashmir that kashmir was lost in 1947-48 because pakistani leadership was totally indecisive and as general akbar khan dso parish khel had uh, summed up that pakistani political leadership was so hopeless and so cowardly that throughout the 14th month kashmir war not a single pakistani cabinet minister visited kashmir so kashmir was a lost cause in 1947 now you know it's a you it's a beating a dead horse you know uh, maybe some kind of uh, you know peacekeeping gestures or some uh, confidence building measures can do but strategically i think uh, modi has played a master move by you know uh, doing away with the special uh, status of kashmir and even by demographic change it can be you know it can become uh, muslim minority area so it's a dangerous situation pakistan has to be very careful because by you know insisting on uh, things which you can't cannot do militarily uh, they are placing the kashmiri muslims in jeopardy and uh, demography is a dangerous thing and kashmir has got a very fragile demography so one has to be very careful and i don't see any uh, change in the pakistan india relations because you know both the people they are cooking their own takes and you know big perks and privileges are attached in pakistan naturally they don't want war they were totally failure in all the wars and indians also are totally hopeless like pakistanis same people they don't want war but they don't want the status quo to change because if the status quo changes they will lose the political you know mileage which they are gaining right yeah i i think that in general uh, this situation in between india and pakistan is uh, in a stalemate right now but the long term outcome is very clear i don't think pakistan has the military strength or or initiative to actually do what they keep threatening they are going to do uh, so this is a pointless war they will fight to the last kashmiri or something but anyway uh, let's move on to another topic uh, that comes up regularly these days and that is the india china uh, tension uh, what is the situation on that border how serious uh, an issue is it or how serious is the threat of a local or wider war in that area 
you see chinese are uh, as i said again uh, chinese never invaded india in the past right. and they cannot do it and uh, you know chinese are in habit of you know like you know in punjab you have the you know in the bhans the marasis the chinese are the strategic bhans and marasis you know too much loud, loud noise and toll and too much you know bragging and all that but they you know they, they cannot do anything they could, they they have been unable to retake taiwan you know so many you know kind of uh, you know howling and noises you know uh, they were unable to deal with that even the yogas they have been unable to deal you know because yogas are resurging so chinese state you know in every threat or every statement that chinese make has to be taken with a not with a pinch of salt with a, with a, but with a sack of salt so chinese are you know they are not serious players you know and uh, you see they got a brilliant chance in uh, 1962 but that at that time also strategically they could not have invaded india because america would have played hell with them in the cold war was all going on and china was a isolated country even now you know the uh, chinese are you know the in the strategic uh, rivalry with the usa and the west so far the chinese have been unable to gain ascendancy it's a state of flux and uh, things are not clear and uh, chinese you know has to have to be taken you know with the sacks of salt you can't take them very seriously as far as i see it any other uh, insights or closing uh, comments the insight is that as far as i'm seeing pakistan i am very worried the um, quality of education is going down the quality of intellectual output is going down and now this uh, pakistani government is uh, reducing start producing a you know common curriculum and syllabus that is a major disaster intellectually pakistan is going down uh, the intellectual production thesis phd thesis the research the intellectual output is going down the society is getting extremized the young people they are being brainwashed by the media and by the tv channels and by the state it's a dangerous situation we are deteriorating we have come down from if you if you give 100 points to 1947 the intellectual state we have come down to maybe 15 or 12 so pakistan is in a severe intellectual decline and uh, the state has totally failed at tax uh, the, as the as a percentage of gdp has gone down from uh, 18 or 20% to maybe 7 or 8% and the whole state is being run by milking the people dry i would not call it people uh, screwing the people dry which is actually happening i will give it a polite term the state is being run the pakistani state is being run by milking the people dry through electricity bills inflated massively exaggerated false electricity bills and you know indirect taxes the people who can pay taxes are paying nothing and uh, there is a serious even discrepancy in the pensions of the army and everything uh, one age one pension uh, formula has to be introduced the people who have retired recently they are getting much more while the old pensioners are regarded as stray dogs who deserve to be you know short and euthanized so it's a bad situation in every way intellectually financially and strategically well 
Thank you, sir, for yes. your insights. Uh, I hope we will talk again and we will uh, update further on a lot of these issues and maybe also go back and look at some more history. Uh, but for now, thank you very much for these uh, for giving us your time and uh, we will uh, hope to talk to you again. Thank you. And my request is that you please uh, load this interview today because, you mm -hmm. know, time is moving very fast. Understand? We will try to do that as soon as I can. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Take care.